0: leave it alone and fix yourself and they will follow so we can just say it like that if you want to fix your problems and find inner peace in your life and find not success find your goal in your life which is to be yourself and be achieved and be happy inside and the goal will find you eventually inevitably i think if we do that uh it's very hard to teach and where i come from nobody could have taught me that
1: Have you ever been drained after an argument? Did you notice really annoying conflicts tend to repeat in your life? Most people find it difficult to deal with stress, with undesired emotions and regretful reactions. Hi, my name is Christian Olovan, happy husband, entrepreneur and empathy coach. Welcome to the Anatomy of Conflict Show join me on this journey learning by dissecting conflicts putting them through the microscope and explore better ways to navigate under pressure thank you for spending time with me today hello my friend welcome to another episode of the anatomy of conflict podcast and this one is going to be very different to what you're used to you might even ask yourself like what does inner conflict have to do with a DJ, and what is a DJ doing in this podcast? Well, it has a lot because you see, um, our guest for today is an artist, but is an artist because of things that happened inside, things that happened within, and a lot of us have a story that is, and, and is very easy to resonate with his. The beautiful part is that he found a way to express his rage, his anger, his frustrations, his inner conflicts through art and music. But how many people are out there that never find a voice, never find a way, never find a person to express how they feel, um, to express the, the opposing forces that we all have within, and we suffer for very, very long times. So, without further ado, I want to introduce DJ Shiver to you today. Started 19 years ago making mixes for breakdance crews and playing audio cassettes at parties with close friends. DJ Shiver ended up as one of the most requested DJs in Romania and played on same stages with artists like Skrillex, The Prodigy, Fatboy Slim, The Antwort, Sigma and many others. Traveled around the world playing music and making people laugh, his shows are considered to be energetic and non-superficial with a drop of comedy for everyone to enjoy. His TEDx talks gather people's attention and respect for DJs and electronic artists. As a founder of the first free DJ school, he considers that the future of performance and creativity lies in the hands of talented young ones who need guidance and emotional development. His dream is to see his students perform and bring balance to the force. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome DJ Shiver. Again, this is not what you expect, and take it lightly and have fun along the way. Thank you. Enjoy. Hi, DJ Shiver. Welcome to the Anatomy of Conflict podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. And before we dive dive into our topic for today, I want to ask you, what did it take for you to become the man you are today?
0: Wow. That is one difficult question, my friend. So hello at uh, first we go. Let's uh let's say hello. <laughs> uh thank you for your invitation and in this uh amazing podcast that you're making. So wow. Okay. Um it took a lot of trauma, we can say that. You don't get to you don't get to travel and play music uh, just because you play music. There needs to be there has to be a well. Let's call it emotional push. Yeah, we can call it emotional push. So the first the problem is how fast will you um, realize that it's an inner conflict that makes you go places. Instead of making, instead of going there, you know, balanced. So for me, uh, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I would have never noticed that. Twenty years of music would have been just trauma, seeking for help, basically so- dealing with anger on stage, something like that. That probably reflects why I play music, which is very aggressive.
1: <laughs> wow. For for those of you that don't know his music, you gotta check uh, check him up on all the platforms because y- you want to understand what he's talking about right now. So you gotta check yeah. his music for this purpose as well. Um, what you're saying is that you've been through a lot of things that were complicated, tough, painful, and music was mm. the one thing that brought you balance. And you were just trying to figure out ways to get help with all the struggles you were facing, and that was the, only, the best way you could reach out to help and support.
0: Yeah, I had no idea that you can ask for help when it comes to your uh, the way you feel. I've never known. I've never known that it's possible. And this is one of the things that I see in this world being a problem. People don't know that they can ask for help, which is why I do everything that I do. I try to do it. And also send the message that it's, it's safe to ask for help. That's the first thing. Uh, it's true that where I grew up, it was very hard to find help. But I did. So this is something that nobody knows about me. I've basically grew up um, from age 11 when it started to get difficult in the family. Uh, I grew up thanks to a priest. And that priest is like best friend. We can call him best friend. Um, what I liked about him was his, I just realized after so many years that his way of communicating is just like a therapist. He never said, uh, "I'm you're like a son to me. Never said something like that. That's very wrong to say. If you have a child that seeks help and you say that, especially if you're a man or a woman and you say you're like a child to me, then that's the first mistake. The first thing that you do helping your kid is understand his family and love his family, not replace his family. And that's why what I do in my projects, I never call it a family. I always call it a community. Family is family. Now, of course, for kids who don't have a family or for people who didn't have a family, that's another discussion. And it's no point to go in that direction today. But the first idea is that I had a lot of people in my life that tried very hard and actually tried very hard to help me, but some of them made big mistakes. So they helped me uh, musically, but they didn't help me emotionally. So when someone said, you're like a child to me, you're like my child. I said, yeah, thank you very much. I used to enjoy that. And now I understand how bad it is. Like is. I'm still friends with those people and I never told them, but I'd like them to know it's a big mistake. Never say that again to any any kid ever.
1: You, you could just send me a list of names and I'll make sure the link from this recording is going to get to them. <laughs> they're,
0: they're not going to listen to this podcast. They're too, they're too arrogant to listen to this podcast. So that's unsafe. exactly
1: why. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's too okay. arrogant.
1: It's okay. um, I love what you said, believing it's possible to ask for help and it's safe to get help. I think this is a message that a lot of people need to put out there and, and, and tap into this because I we think... mainly, as human beings, go and ask for help when we have an external problem. But when it comes to the inner issues, the inner conflicts, we rarely do so. And I want to ask you, what was one thing that prevented you to go out and ask for help after you found out you can ask for help? And there is help out there. Was there any resistance or, or something that prevented you from going like straight away, like, I need help?
0: Nah. This is what everybody's dealing with. It's called ego. You don't go because you don't want to open up to show, to show people you have problems. So the first thing that every person will tell you is if you want to fix a problem, you have to admit it's there. That's like the first thing. And I think that the same way we had these inventions, which are good and bad at the same time. Remember, we we paid a lot to communicate a long time ago. I think the same way one day we're going to invent some kind of an AI that will help us emotionally. And when that day comes, this planet might actually be better. So imagine an wow. AI that can analyze your life in like 20 seconds. Basically tell everything about you from internet and what's your answer, like psychological test, everything. And the AI automatically starts fixing you like a therapist, but better than any therapist. Because if, if you take a computer he'll always calculate better and faster than you anything it wants so imagine a world where you can you can have this little thing which is will probably be going to be a watch or something in your head and it's going to automatically help you to become a better person if that day comes and somebody's not making a profit from that which is probably what's going to happen it's probably going to write starbucks on it <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry but I have to say I don't like I don't this is, like, this is scary I don't like hell, corporations. <laughs> I don't like giant corporations. I just don't like them. I think uh, business should be a little bit smaller and there should be like a roof when it comes to making money. Just a little roof. It's not socialism. It's just decency so we don't get monopolized, you know. How do you say it in English? Monopolized.
1: Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the word. Monopolized. Um,
0: well, Sorry for opening three topics at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like
1: it was like, oh my God, this <laughs> is big. Yeah. So yeah. first you said, you know, like a phone was invented and imagine what if a phone could have the capacity through the artificial intelligence to understand everything you have inside. So mm-hmm. you could fix, to use your word, to fix you and, and not being pushed or forced to go and ask for help. Isn't that something that would just solidify that ego? Like I'm going to deal would. with everything by myself
0: It would. And I don't I'm, need anyone's help. It would, but I'm talking about an AI system that, um, helps you connect with other people physically that teaches you how to communicate. Like we used to do like ancient people, you know, in the caves, like we used to do it uh before not we bad. had technology before we had mail with before yeah like um, um, but they still communicated so we had you know just like many said you have communities then you had families and now you have nothing you have the phone and you have your own space which is really bad so what i'm what i'm trying to say is that i'd like to see that happen but here's the reality that's not going to happen Crypto is going to become the best thing in the world because it's going to be decentralized, which I think it's crap. I don't believe it. And they're going to reward you for your emotions, analyzing your emotions, your psychological traumas and everything. They're going to analyze you and you're going to be rewarded with the coins that you can use to buy stuff that's opposite to your emotions. If you're happy, you will not be able to buy something more happy. You will be able to buy using some coin. This is the future. I know it sounds bad. Write it down. Make me Nostradamus. If, I don't, if you don't believe me, that's the future because that's the world we live in. World we live in, it's based on profit. Trauma, trauma sells and trauma is the economy. And traumatized people are the people who lead us. If you if you give people more power than they already have, you're just fueling the power. So that's our problems, which is not. It's this trash. is huge.
1: This is huge. And this
0: is shadow projection. People would... need to understand that we are we are based in an economic system, social system that's based on shadow projection.
1: I want to take you back a little <laughs> bit because we're gay, we're going like super huge in future and AI. Like this and is
0: like a teaser for what very, you're about to listen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very complicated stuff, but I yeah, I want us to go back to the roots, okay. not necessarily to the cave, as you said it, but to the roots, as in to the person. Um, yeah, there are big societal issues that and and trends. One on, and another trend that I think is a major threat that's coming on is the normalization of censorship and the fact that you can silence anybody and that's okay. Um, Things that are happening right now with the platforms and this is like a a ground that's going to spur conflict in the future like nothing else. And we've seen what censorship did in in the 20th century. We don't want to repeat that, but unfortunately, I think we're going to unless we do something about it. But again, these are very, very vast topics. And now I want to Uh, bring you back a little bit to you, you, the individual, the person that, again, you started with that ego and ego is such a powerful thing because it stops a lot of people to ask for help, for example, like you said it. Therefore, what was your moment to say like, um, ego, my friend, I'm going to unfriend you for a second and I need to go And ask for help. What was the factor that enabled you to do so? Because people that are listening to this podcast have at least one issue in their life that they find it difficult to ask for help to get it solved or or at least support.
0: It's so easy.
1: What was that thing that enabled you to do it?
0: It's so easy to blame it on depression. But can we just reconcile for a second and just admit that depression and anxiety were words that were invented like 50 years ago, maximum? They, they weren't on this planet before. The whole term of depression, we can just call it unloved. Can we just call people that are battling depression, that are unloved when they were children? Can we just call that?
1: I love the idea that of unloved. Um, I think this is a major issue. And I don't think it's just for people when they were kids. Even for adults, and I see this in my work every day, adults that are not loved anymore fall into that state.
0: Well, this is the idea, exactly. You you don't have problems when you're an adult if you have at least a decent amount of what you need as a child. Now, we come from a social country. I'm not going to go in details about how our childhood was broken by, and we're not going to blame families and parents for it, But it is true. A lot of us, our generation, especially from these countries, Romania, Bulgaria, you know, all the socialists, um, we had parents that were sadly brainwashed. And yes, we were sexually abused, physically abused, emotionally abused. So not blaming them is very hard, which is probably the worst thing, is to accept that it happened and that's it. So that's the whole exercise of anger. But that's, that fuels the ego. So what I needed was 20,000 people to wake me up. And when I got there, I said, this is my life dream. This is what I've been wanting all my life. And I said, I'm too young. I should have. This is too easy. I was like 26 when it happened. So you have all the news and everyone just praising you and it being like, you're the best and blah, blah, blah. And sh- sorry for swearing, but shit like that. And it feels good. And then the hate starts. And then when you're too good, and I know I was, because technically I can change the laws of physics. (laughs) So what I did, for example, back in 2014 was actually something that even today for a DJ is very hard to do live. And I did it live. So it was so unbelievable for some artists that they started to hate, a lot of hate, yeah. also outside of our country, not this inside our country. So I have like more than a thousand print screens from Facebook with a lot of hate, which is not normal hate that you suck or something like that. Like if you would be dead, life would be better. Like mm. shit like that. So what did that yes,
1: do to you? To uh, absolutely,
0: kind of absolutely destroyed me because I, I didn't expect... I I lived in a dream world where if you're perfect, which doesn't exist, but I used to live in that world. If you're perfect and you're doing the things that you think they're perfect, I never thought there could be something negative about it. And now when I look back, I look at my, I look at how I played and what I did and what I said, and it is embarrassing and funny at the same time, but it shows that I was true. I was true to what I did. And that's what I'm proud of. I'm not proud of what I did. Because I, w- I could have done it way better if I had a different childhood, maybe. I don't know. So the first thing is I don't blame my parents, although they did do some bad stuff. I don't blame my parents, although... <laughs> this, <laughs> it's very one. hard. It's very hard. This is the anger. This is where the anger comes up.
1: I want to I wanna give you uh, a lesson that I got uh, to, to pass it on to you. Sure. In the previous podcast episode... Uh, with Joe Berry, Um, she told one thing that I carved it into my brain. She said something like that. Um, I I don't know word for word, but the meaning you'll get it. I'm going to paraphrase it. For me, blame is giving the other person the possibility to live in my head and hurt me over and over and over again.
0: Exactly. That was like
1: holy shit, (laughs) like, (laughs) yes, that is so true. That is so true. And unfortunately, a lot of the inner conflict that I saw and I I experienced as a human being and I saw with with people I work with and and my colleagues and community and my family, that blame plays a major role in fueling that inner conflict. Mm -hmm. I saw a TEDx video with you uh, where you opened up about the moment when when you were at I don't know if this, if I should say the highest or the lowest moment uh, when you were talking about a suicidal thoughts and it, it can be the highest moment in, in anxiety depression uh, unlove, love let's say that or the lowest moment in life but you had the courage to open up and I, I want to commend you for that to open up and say hey this is something that happens and you're not alone in this shit. Because- and I
0: almost shit myself on stage, by the way, because you can hear it in <laughs> my voice. You can hear my voice that I've, I'm, I'm having my parents in the crowd and I'm talking about this, which is for some people that are a little bit smarter than we are, quite obvious that, you know, they're there. You know, they participated in this, in this act of what I did. So it was difficult not to speak about it because I spe—I speak about it before way more than I thought. But, but just having the parents in the crowd and also speaking in English and then having a translator in their ear, which was really funny in a way. But uh, the thing is, after the pandemic, I'm never going to get on the stage and play music because I have something to prove to my family and i'm 33 and i'm teaching this to kids who are 14 don't go on the stage proving something that you're not good enough for the family go on stage because you love the stage and this is like a filter 90% just quit they do something else because they understand that holy shit i'm not, i don't want to play music i just want to get on stage and prove to my family that i'm i'm better. worthy of love yeah worthy of love which is a really big problem really really big problem so for example if i would have found out about this before I got in front of 20,000 people or 10,000 people, I probably would have been not so successful, to be mm-hmm. honest. I would, I would be successful. At, like, I would still get there. But the, when anger and ego fuels you, you get there. Now, the problem is when you get there, you wake up. But you get there. And for other people, that's a good thing because it shows other people that you can. As an image, you know, you see it and you say, oh, this guy's like 25 and he made it. I want to do it the same, which is good, but it's also bad, but it's bad for you. So it's, it's, it's the way the other way you can do it is be emotionally balanced and be a good artist and get on stage and be really good. But that might not be Enough. the best thing for the people who want to become that. So this is like um, a shield that I made for myself saying, yes, I did it. I'm not proud of what I said or what I did. I would have done it way better if I had the mentality that I have now, but still, I got to this point. So if I got to this point, then it had to be done. It had to happen. It's like we can call it destiny or whatever. I don't, I don't believe in that. I think we leave the present and you know the universe just forms in 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 seconds in front of us and it, the only thing that we have is choice just like the matrix <laughs> you just have choice you can yeah. choose to be good or you can choose to be bad you can choose to beat your kids you can choose not to you can choose to love or you can choose not to accept love in your life it's it's all about cho- choice choice yeah
1: and choice is the root of freedom it's that's yeah. it you don't yeah. have choice you don't have freedom and if you value Freedom, you got a value choice. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I want to ask, how how was it after you gave that speech on on, on the stage in front of your parents? How was your uh, inner struggles towards your parents and talking, communicating with them after that? How how did that change?
0: That's where the problem started. <clears throat> for the first time in twenty. <laughs> 31 years yeah 2019 so the first time in 31 years i made a hole in my dad's soul and i poked the hole really badly and again i shouldn't have done that maybe but i think he's going in the right way like I just bought him this year's like a present for his birthday. I bought Marcus Aurelius meditations and he never read something like that, which is why would you do that? Why would you buy that? And his reaction was funny because he was say, Oh, this is bullshit. This is like the Bible is just remade. In other words, I like, yeah, sure. You just need to read it again and again, and then you'll figure it out. But <laughs> it's funny because I did it and I was very curious to see what happened because uh, in 2019, when I poked that hole in, in his soul, uh, Normally, we should not interfere or react to our families, our parents, to, to fix our problems, which is the stupidest thing to do. Now, I did it before I knew this. I found out on the, the hard way that you're not supposed to do that, but at least I can admit it compared to other people. <laughs> so I poked the hole, I did it, and then I figured out it's better not to poke that hole because it's more dangerous to poke the hole than then she's just uh, leave it alone and fix yourself and they will follow. So we can just say it like that. If you want to fix your problems and find inner peace in your life and find not success, find your goal in your life, which is to be yourself and be achieved and be happy inside. And the goal will find you eventually, inevitably. I think if we do that, uh, it's very hard to teach. And where I come from, nobody could have taught me that. Unfortunately, now thanks to internet, I grew up ten years maybe in advance uh, from twenty six to twenty seven, maybe that age. Thanks to YouTube, I would have never found out what emotional thing is without YouTube because it gives you that that first step, that introduction to what are these guys talking about. <laughs> like, like imagine what that is 40- empathy? Did yes, you know that empathy imagine- as a
1: word was um, searched in? I think it was. 2017 mm-hmm. it grew in, in google trends if you if you go to google trends and and search yeah. check empathy is like nothing 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 and then something happened and it's like a J curve where people started like, what is this shit
0: everybody's talking about? What is very annoying is that from the point that uh, you wake up and we can call it the great awakening. When you start to look at yourself as a person and realize what's your thing, why you exist and everything, you need to watch every movie again and you need to read all the books again and have have the, the same conversations you had with people that wanted to help you again and again. And to apologize because you were there. You were just not listening. You were just present. That's it. But waking up and I can, I'm considering myself as a person who is waking up slowly and trying to see the bigger picture, the bigger picture. Also inside of myself, I watched movies like Kung Fu Panda, for example, you when I watched Kung Fu Panda, the second episode or the third episode, I did not focus on what was he talking about. And it was it's exactly what it's about. It's about finding inner peace. Like Kung Fu Panda accepting his childhood that he was yeah. actually not a goose. <laughs> he was, a, you know, he was a panda that got, you know, traumatized when he was a kid. These things seem to make sense now. And it's just a cartoon. And this is the freedom of animations why I... I always tell people and kids and everyone watch animations and try to understand them as they want to be, not what you think of it's because it's an animation. That's why I love family guy. That's why I love Rick and Morty, the Simpsons, the uh, midnight gospel. You don't have actors. Actors are faking their role. Animations can actually be the role.
1: The real thing. You said something earlier, and I think that's a golden nugget and I want to just take it out. Yeah, sure. If you want inner peace, Work on yourself and everybody else will follow.
0: Yeah, I think that's the way it works. I think inner peace is achieved by silence, inner silence, maybe. You know, in Romanian, we call it linište interioara," which is inner, 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 um, inner silence. And it's achieved by silence. Now, some call it religion, some call it meditation, some call it books, some call it therapy. Whatever you want to call it, just find it. It's so nice. It's like getting high on your own supply. Nothing will beat that. Not even the most dangerous drug in the world. And I I can say this, and I know I'm right. Being on stage in front of people is the biggest drug. If you enjoy it, you're addicted for life. And if you get addicted to the most powerful drug, just look at every artist that had problems with heroin and cocaine everything. They got off the stage. They needed that thing. That was really powerful and they couldn't replace it. So you end up, you know, killing yourself or something like that. Or you end up in uh, rehab or something. So being on stage is the most powerful thing I have noticed as addiction. And how, this is a key question here.
1: How did you contain the drug of being on stage?
0: Oh man. <laughs> I think thanks to the pandemic. So I was in a forest for four months and I had panic attacks every night. And I tried to make music. I tried to read. I tried to look at myself and it's so wrong. It's the worst thing to do is go and hide somewhere in a deep place just so you can fix yourself. It doesn't work like that. Broken broken uh, things in your soul that are made to be there thanks to your family or your parents Cannot be fixed alone. You need to fix it with another person. If you have a problem from a person, you need to fix it with another person. That's why we call humans and we communicate. I did not know that. Again, another mistake. But what I found out was, what is addiction? Addiction can be anything. It doesn't have to be heroin. It doesn't have to be weed. It doesn't have to be porn. It doesn't have to be sugar. Addiction can even be our discussion. If I would have this every day and I would enjoy it, and self-destruct myself in 10 years, it's addiction. You just don't see it. It happens every day. So what is, the, what is the best thing to do? Look really closely at what's causing the addiction.
1: You're listening to the Anatomy of Conflict podcast. If you enjoy this content, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.
0: Because you can have a balanced life. You can have you can you can do drugs. I'm I'm serious. This is a podcast. I can speak. I don't do drugs. I don't support them. I think they're crap, and I I don't even drink. I don't drink coffee. I don't do. I I eat healthy. I do sports. I love my girlfriend. I try to do everything as good, and it's still not enough. So what is the cause? I still want to get on stage. That's my addiction. I need to be on stage. I don't care about drugs and and uh, a successful life. Fuck that. I know. I need to be. On stage, I need people to see me. So, what is the cause? Well, if you look back into my childhood, you're going to find out some nasty shit, and that's where the anger comes in. Because you don't have the stage, you don't have a place to, you know, let go and just uh, do your addiction. You know, take your shot like a, like a heroin guy does. You know, inject it. I don't have that on stage anymore. So when I when I want to get on stage, I get so angry because I know where it comes from. And I cannot blame my mother for it. I'm not allowed to do that.
1: Let me ask you this. What if we redefine addiction? What if we redefine addiction as in could quality time and enjoyment or service to others become an addiction without having the downside, without destructing yourself? Could that be an addiction as Mm -hmm. well?
0: Can I, can I tell you something that's going to be really freaky? (laughs) I think, I think this is something you can never heal. I think I'm 99.99%. This is something you can never fix because this is before you are born. This is when you're inside and this is your personality and this will shape your life. This will make your life. So that 0.01%, I keep it for myself as it, what if, what if, it fixes somehow. What if, you know, by a miracle, something happens, but it's not. I'm, I'm Gotta trying to share this resource with you. What?
1: I have a resource. I'm, I want to share it with you. Um, I, I know this amazing man. Uh, his name is Benjamin Hardy. And okay. he uh, just published a book last year that is called Personality Isn't Permanent. It's absolutely amazing. And it actually proves how... Everything we know about personality, about how we think this is who I am, this is how I am. I cannot change that. All that can be changed. I you gotta take that book. You gotta take it. And everybody that's listening, Benjamin Hardy personality isn't permanent. It it took the carpet underneath my feet when I read that book.
0: So the I'm going thing. to I'm going to note them note it down, Benjamin Hardy. What I was trying to say is that it's very possible after everything that I've read and searched about, not actually personality something more spiritual like what happens and what's transmitted to you is your like the actual mission that you have to find to find balance in life like that's not not actually personality. like for me, it's going to be being on stage. it's going to be making people smile, making them happy. Transmitting a frequency, maybe we can call it anything like that. But I would go with I would go with I I retract my word personality because that's shaped that's being shaped in your lifetime, at more like um lifetime goal. Like when you're old mm-hmm. and you're like ninety four and you have like a calling. last day on earth. Yeah, this is your calling. It's. It might not be because of something in your life before it. It might be in that exact moment when you're in the belly and that's where you're getting programmed, you know, just like a computer. Okay, you're supposed to do this and whatever you do, whatever you go, wherever you go and pray and do meditation and everything, you will never get rid of this and you need to accept it. This is your job on this planet. I'm willing to challenge that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So (laughs) I'm willing to challenge that. If if it's a really good book, trust me, I'll read it. Because I've I've only read difficult books and I only read three until now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They were so difficult.
0: Yeah, Uh, like one of them I got shocked. I read Gabor Mate when the body says no, and I'm going to read his other two books because it's about addiction and stuff like this.
1: Yeah, and really what good. I
0: read there, what I read there is he's he's inspired from 400 books and they all he all put it in the end of the book. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just read yes. things that were inspired from 400 books and exercises and uh, um, studies. And... it's one of my favorite books until now. Now now I'm reading Menis Yusri and it's probably going to be this one and then it's going to be the next one. So (laughs) yours is probably going to be the next one.
1: I want to get your answer to that question. Can we, would you redefine addiction from something that you do for immediate pleasure or for immediate kind of um, uh, satisfaction, but at the same time, not to do you harm on the long run?
0: We all die eventually, you know that?
1: Yes, but that, that doesn't mean it has to be from an addiction.
0: <laughs> Could it be this? What, let's let's just go really deep, just for two minutes. Could life be actually about this? That's why we all die? Because it's that's what it means to be immortal, maybe. To find the ultimate thing. And then you realize that becoming immortal is just that, realizing that your body is just a ship. And you then you go to another all dimension.
1: The, all the line that you said with, I don't do drugs and I don't even drink is gone right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I don't do it. I, I think about this every day and I'm like, "Hmm, why am I thinking about this? It's fun. You know, it's fun to think about what happens after that. It's probably the fifth or the sixth dimension. And I like to talk about this a lot. I just I just like to scare people a lot. So,
1: I want to challenge you with one, one thing about addiction. Okay. Um, Here's one addiction that <laughs> if you put it that way, that this might not work <laughs> if I'm thinking about it. But could you say you're addicted to air? Are you dependent on breathing?
0: What if the air we breathe shapes us? And if we if we breathe something else, that's also air with a little bit of something else. This could be this could define why the world is so divided, right? Just a little a bit a little bit of something else breathing every day could it be possible that it defines us as humans just because we breathe there and maybe if our lungs would breathe i don't know carbon dioxide we would become a really nasty world or something
1: well that's not a possibility that's a fact and it's proven by research actually
0: how <laughs> <A> damn <sun. laughs> i
1: yeah. tried you know i really tried <laughs> there are there are a lot of a lot of um uh scientists that actually study uh the chemical structure of air and how the differences can actually have an impact all over the, the genetics of the body and the science is called epigenetics. You, you can research this. This is that's really, really cool stuff. I,
0: with all due respect, I'm not gonna do it. I was just I'm just pissed off that it's somebody thought about it before. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my thing. I want to Yeah but I nobody made a song about this. it. You,
1: you could definitely make a song about it. Yep. <laughs> but <laughs> you gotta answer me that question. I, I'm not gonna let you without answering. Would so, you redefine addiction to something that is not harmful on the long run? You can get a satisfaction on the on the short run, but something that can be fulfilling and nice all all, all along the way, as long as you do it.
0: Give me one example and I'll believe you. I'll I will fight you to the end of time to prove it. it's not possible. Give me one thing that is good for you in the short term and defines your life to be balanced and healthy until the end. And don't give me sports. It doesn't.
1: No, no, no. It's not sports. Um, Okay. Actually, what I'm thinking about is more in the field of uh, compassion and that kind of genuine connection with people.
0: That's not addiction. That's human nature. Yes. Connection and connection, empathy, and compassion should be, should be, sorry, should be human nature. That's why we are here. Even animals have that, by the way. My dog has it when he watches me being angry. (laughs) (laughs) Poor thing. Every living thing, I think, I think every living thing has some kind of level of compassion and empathy. We just cannot measure it because there are other living things beside us. They can't speak to us. Some of them. I think... People are already developing something to measure empathy, that's for sure. But the main idea is that that's human, that's human nature. If if you find something in life that is good for you, or even not even good for you, good in the long term and bad in a very long term. Like you need two lives to be bad, even that is still an addiction. So it's very impossible to say there is something like that. If you have that, please tell it. I'd like to analyze it from every spectrum.
1: <laughs> that, that is wonderful. And actually, I'm, I'm challenging everybody that's listening to this episode. If you have, like, help me beat DJ Shiva on this one. Yeah. I believe it's possible to have an addition that is uh, contributing and making it grow and give only benefits and Happiness. i'm going
0: to i'm going to give one example sorry so you're going to beat
1: yourself yes that's really good
0: no i'm going to give one example of why it's impossible because oh, i've even i've i've read it i've read gabon and i love this guy like he said it like this yeah i've been addicted to classical music now i want you to see look in my room see right there you can see it in the video everything you see there under my bed right Everything's classical music i love it okay I have everything from USSR to the communist everything. It's, it's amazing what I have there. I haven't even listened to it all. I just started like 10 or 15. That's it. And he was addicted to classical music, which to somebody would be, oh my God, that is not addiction. Well, yes, it is. He would take money from his child, child children's fund for college to buy classical music. Oh, then it's a different discussion. Well, see, he saw that you don't. You say I'm addicted to classical music what can be bad in that well when you stop having time with your family to listen to classical music it's an addiction and he's 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 open about it and he was there and that's why he said there's nobody perfect on this planet everyone is addicted to something it's better to at least notice it and be balanced about it because when you know about it you're balanced about it and you might have something also i just i just enjoy having and destroying people <laughs> in this context of what is addicted to <laughs> it's, just, it's so, just a pleasure for me to do it that's why i play music because i make people for a second forget about addiction that's and that's, that's why amazing. it's so rewarding i look at people dance and they forget about it. it's like a meditation and people call music therapy which is other bullshit you never should call music therapy it's not therapy it's a coping mechanism i am a product of a coping mechanism I make people dance and forget about their other addictions with this addiction, which is music. I make people dance and just forget for some seconds in one show that they have a point in this life. The only point is to dance in that moment, live the present. That's what I love about what I do.
1: So what you're saying is that you're dedicating your life's work into creating that, those little moments that can give people the glimpse that whatever problems they have in their lives, they can have that little piece where they can see through and actually help them move forward.
0: There is um, a lot of times when I wanted to cry playing music. That's how good it felt. And I couldn't because it just looks shitty on stage. Mm. I, I don't want to be Armin Van Buren faking myself that I love Romania. It doesn't. He loves money for fuck's sake. Wake up, people. So, um I wanted to cry and I was like, I can't do it because people will just judge you and tell you you're pretending. But there are some moments when I do some, I don't know, some crazy musical transition that no one, no one, no, no ever DJ has done before me. Or you can see it in the promo mix where you, the last promo mix that I uploaded in the middle. I even called the promo mix in four chapters, which is, you know, addiction and, uh, um, uh, sorry, not addiction. It's um anger resentment, negotiation, acceptance, you know, all the, the the five steps. Well, I only took four. I took out negotiations because people don't negotiate these days anymore. Just black and white. That's how they like it. So I took out negotiations, which is like a trick. And in the middle between uh, depression and acceptance, I think, is a spot where it describes musically what I feel in that moment. And for four seconds, I would have... Blown up crying. And I was like, nah, it's too much. People are just going to say it's, it's fake or it's just exaggeration. But you see, I actually feel that. And I can't do it. I'm limited by a society that doesn't let me cry on stage. And it's so sad.
1: <laughs> uh, Josh Matthews Morgan, another amazing guest that I had in my podcast, said this. Anger is the only appropriate emotion that men are accepted by the society to manifest in public. If you cry, you're weak. If you are shy, you're weak. If you are uh, upset, you're weak. If you are depressed, you're weak. So therefore, anger is the only appropriate emotion. And I think what you're saying this is just reconfirming that society kind of through the conceptions and through the interaction and what society decides is good or bad uh, based on tradition or whatever, is kind of shaping what is right and wrong when it comes to whatever you are allowed to experience in terms of emotions. And I think this is really ridiculous because basically you don't choose your emotions. Emotions are part of the human being. It's like uh, to, from today on, we don't accept people that have a left hand. So you've got to chop it off. That sounds ridiculous, right? So why do they do this it on, is exactly on the what emotional you're saying. And, and, and the needs part in our lives? And I, I wanted to ask you this. Um through your music, and, and, and this I have some music background myself, so I totally relate with what you do. How come people call music therapy, even though it's DJ Shiver, it's not therapist shiver on the stage? How come people because they
0: because they they get addicted to something they really like and they think it's therapy. It's just like but doing what, weed. It's just like what sex. Does it make,
1: that, what makes music so likely? Why do people find a refuge and 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 uh, coping into music?
0: Because music is everything you are. It's like you wouldn't exist if it wasn't for music. It's a frequency. It's a... It's a how do I say it so that people can finally understand? Music can travel dimensions. It can be in the fifth or the fourth or the first dimension. Music travels, communicates. That's why if you listen, for example, to what I like is Wondelgaard Bilden, for example. I don't remember exactly her name. Just, just search for classical music, Canticles of Ecstasy. Okay? That's 11th century classical music. The moment you play it, if you are ego is next level, you will turn it off because it communicates straight to your soul it doesn't go through the body it doesn't go through the ears you think you're hearing it but what that woman was a saint she was saving people by looking at them she was so upset with it she got sick and she said i'm gonna put this you know this thing so people can hear it in music and we don't know if it's uh read correctly because we didn't have this kind of uh, music sheets in 11th century she made her own thing so people can read it in the future. But if you listen to it, it's like classical music, church music, something like that. So it communicates. When I heard it for the first time, I was like, fuck. <laughs> I, I instantly started crying. Again? What?
1: Can you say the name of the track again? So people yeah, can sure. follow it? Wait, yeah. One second.
0: I don't, want, I don't want to say it wrong. Um, so it's Conticles of Ecstasy. Okay. So Hildegard von Bingen, Canticles of Ecstasy. It's made in 11th century. And it's we can find probably, that on YouTube, right? Well, yes, yes, you will Perfect. find everything on YouTube. It's been a, it's been remade in 1993 by a, but in a church. But this is an example of what music is. So people think music is therapy because it's something that is beyond our. Uh, spectrum beyond our uh, illusion we're living an illusion okay it's not a simulation like uh, Alan must said. which is it's just an illusion we created and we ba- we define it as life okay but music travels beyond that i, I, right, I totally sorry. agree with you and
1: i want to translate this into human language uh, okay. because I, I don't know if you guys know but dj shiver is an alien actually yeah um, he was there it to welcome all, all <laughs> he was there to welcome all the uh Bots that we we sent to Mars to explore, like, hey, this is if you want water, you go this way. If you want minerals, you go that way. He was he was the guy there, like the welcome party. Um,
0: it's funny that so, like, <laughs> people call me a drug addict, just because I'm speaking about something so normal, which is exactly you know, human life. And I want to put this
1: into a more uh, simple language. And what I understand from what you say is that music is is having that kind of impact on people because music never discriminates. Music accepts anybody regardless of what they believe about themselves, however they like, uh, regardless of their uh, results in their career or in school, uh, the situation, their family. So music is like, a, what I understand, and this is what I believe actually, music is probably the purest form of acceptance.
0: There is no such human on this planet to be tonal death. Not even death people.
1: I know that and I agree because with
0: Because the body feels the frequency of vibration. the movement of air. Yeah, the vibration, but it's a frequency, it's movement of air. And it's impossible to be tone death. You would not know if your mother's calling, if you would be tone death. You would not know it's your mother. And you, not only that you know it's your mother you know what tone is she in, what mood is she in. Is she angry? Is she happy? You would not hear the gears in the car. You would not feel the earth spin, which is really difficult to understand. An earthquake Especially is like, you, you know, 5-7 frequency. and have a healthy life. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really <laughs> difficult to explain. I don't know how to explain it. I've never studied it. I don't want to study it. I just want people to understand when they come to see me and I play music is... It's like stepping out of your body and trying to be, you know, uh, an event with souls. It sounds creepy or deep, but that's what I'd like my events to be. When I get on stage, actually, when I get on stage, I don't go for the money. I have to go for some of the money because I have to live out of something. But after the whole pandemic thing, when I was like shit broke, that's when you realize that's not why you're doing it. I, I'm doing it either one because I'm searching for a trauma to fix it from childhood or second because I really love it. Now, I fixed one of them almost. I'm still fixing it. and it's the only one is that's left is I really love doing this, being on stage. Now whether it's going to be DJing or stand-up comedy doesn't matter. I really want to do stand-up comedy because I want to do that kind of stand-up comedy that wakes you up that tells you, okay, you know, remember George Colling? He was really angry. He was an angry mm-hmm. person. I liked his stand-up comedy. He was intelligent. He was uh, um, mindful and stuff. But he was so based on social problems instead of making us laugh. That's why I like Daniel Sloss. Daniel yep. Sloss is more psychological. If you mm-hmm. watch Daniel Sloss, you understand that that's exactly what I'd like to do in Romania. I'd like to do stand-up comedy for Romanians to wake them up. Because if I do this, I'm participating in a process that's very important for our future and the kids.
1: That's great. And I honor the fact that you want to bring positive change in society. And therefore, I want to ask you about, because we're reaching the end of this episode, we could have this conversation for days. I feel like we can we <laughs> could do this for a very long time. Um, and maybe we could do that in, in a future episode as well. But I know your dedication and I know how important kids are for you and how important it is for you to give a second chance to uh, teenagers and and young people to get out of their traumas and from their miserable situation. And because of that, you are working on a very, very cool project that I totally support. So please share a little bit about about what you're working on right now.
0: So... Uh, it's called Open Academy. It's O-W-P-N. It's not written open. It's a different type of spelling, alien spelling, because I'm an alien. Um, so it's called Open Academy. It. I'm one of the founders. Um, I, I thought it was about uh, music and electronic music, but it's more than that. I've discovered it accidentally uh, two years ago when I made the first free DJ school, maybe in the world, I don't know, but in Romania, that's for sure. And also in Europe. So where, when talking about a free DJ school is paying for transport, food and hotels for a week for kids just to give them something, a hope, anything. Give them something to get addicted to something good instead of something bad. Now music business is not a good addiction. It's really bad. It's really, really bad. So that's why I wanted to do this. And what I've discovered accidentally, because I was very confused at the moment why I'm doing it, but I, I discovered it's a calling. So what I did was I've discovered 20 people that, 20 kids that had real problems, real problems. The fact that we all had in Romania, okay? Traumas, um abuses and stuff like that so the simple fact the simple fact we're talking more than psychology here the simple fact of these kids meeting other people that have the same principles and same ideas about music is enough to save them i've never done a therapy with any of them i've never told them that you need to do this or need to do that just talk i told them talk speak every day Tell. Tell what you feel, be honest about what you feel, and try to make a friend. Now, um, let's give one example. Um, Highly abused kid, sexually, physically, uh, traumatized, drug addict, anything you want. And somehow, music kind of defines how we are as people. Very interesting, but I'm not going to get into that, just so you know. That what type of music you listen to, either it's a, lot, a big spectrum of music, which makes you in a way really balanced and you enjoy music, or a really small spectrum of one genre, which kind of defines you have some problems, emotional problems. And I'm not going to be generalizing here, but just try to, if you're listening to this, don't go away from this phrase if you're listening to one genre and you're really focused on that you might have an emotional problem trust me okay i've been doing this for 20 years so Actually, don't trust him what go i investigate. Did, yeah go investigate yeah trust me and just seek out the truth maybe i'm lying prove me wrong okay so
1: Bad this idea. kid
0: uh this kid basically came up uh, one day when we were chatting And he said if, the, if life is about this we, he, was, he was reaching maturity, uh, maturity and, try, uh, and trying To realize what the world is about He said if I, if I have to do this Like if this is what the world is about Which is a shitty place I'm sorry but I see the world as a beautiful place in chaos and everything But it is right now It's not a beautiful place to live in And he said Oh fuck it I'll just kill myself That is so so natural So comfortable with the idea And I was like, whoa, that was exactly what I'm thinking about for the last 10 years. Fuck this planet. I don't want to live here. I want to live in the next life, which is probably better, which is not because that's your thing to fix yourself. And in the next life, you'll live a better life if, you know, reincarnation or stuff, whatever people believe in. So I got scared about what he said. And I was like, okay, let's do something about this. Let's make the world a better place. How about that? And I was like, when I was talking to him, I was like, oh, shit, this works for me, too, because I'm also pissed off at the world. And, you know, the music business is it's all a bunch of lies and people don't know how big the lie is and they will never believe it if you tell it to them. That's why I don't speak about it, because I will just be the crazy guy. Uh, you can just listen to Dead Mouse; He's always right about it. And that's why he's called crazy. Uh, <laughs> so I was talking to him. I said, like, let's do something. Let's do a project. Okay, so we wrote down, we sit at the table, say, let's do a project where we do this, we do this, and we we take, we sell music and we take the money from the music and do therapy for people that want to make electronic music. Was like, it was so crazy at the beginning. I was like, wow, nobody's going to believe us. And you should see us one, week, one month after that, like just talking about it. And it was like, dude, this is genius. This is exactly what the music industry needs right now. I was like, okay. So we were in the lowest place of our lives, maybe, me and this friend and also other people. And it was like, let's do this. Let's make the world a better place. Not the world in itself. Just let's make this area, music, electronic music, a better place for us. Okay? Because our communities that are my age didn't know how to communicate 10 years ago, which was a big problem in Romania, and they're still not communicating. So why not build a community? Well, everyone is accepted from electronic music. He just has to let his ego down and speak. So that's just it. one second, just one second.
1: If you're listening to rock music, you're toast. Go
0: ahead. <laughs> no, I actually if you're listening to rock music and you think it's evolving and and it's turning into electronic rock, get in. We have something for you. We also have people in that direction <laughs> also. So we're so open how can to everything get in that's touch
1: with, uh, electronic. with open academy. And how, when is it already operational? You already accept people or you still need support? What's the stage the project is in right now?
0: People that come in the project now are are um, not warned. We just tell them that this is the beginning and it's very difficult to define exactly what we're doing. But we're already at about, <sighs> I said 400 people two, two weeks ago and now they're 300 because we're cleaning up. We don't want people that don't respect the idea. We don't want people that don't want to let their egos go away for like, two hours they will come back they will because they already saw what happiness is in a way they saw it they saw it in us and they got pissed off they got jealous and they they went away and they're going to come back that's for sure that's that's always how it happens every time they see a glimpse of what happiness is of being inner peace of people that know how to talk and be transparent they go away they meditate and they come back say i was thinking about and You know, I'd like to be part of, that's how it's been happening for the last 10 years in my life. So if you show a teaser of what happiness is, which is inner peace and finding yourself, let the person go. Don't have expectations. Just let him go and he'll come back because your heart is in the right place. You don't want anything from that person. You don't want his money. You don't want his productions. I just want people to have a future from Romania, a future in electronic music. They don't. Right now, they don't have a future. It's let's just face the facts. Nobody is making money out of this unless he's making some kind of music that everybody wants. Okay, it's a trend now. If you're making money for this, congratulations. But it, you're trending. You're not making something that has a community in in behind it. You don't have a ten thousand followers uh, that just want to listen to what your heart has to say or what your soul has to say that's the reality of it i just released an ep i know what i'm talking about
1: congratulations on the ep release by the way and thank you for the um, spiritual marketing one-on-one you just gave here with a teaser <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really cool um and i i believe it's true actually once people have a little bit of a taste of what inner peace actually means they will want that and i think that's an addiction and it's a good one.
0: Oh, that's how you want to close it. Okay. Okay. Dun, dun. If that's an addiction, then let that's a healthy one. Yes. Addicted addicted to finding inner peace. If you find it, it's the first addiction that you heal. There you go.
1: Good one. Good one. So, <laughs> how can people get in touch with you?
0: It's not getting in touch with me. If you write a message for uh, for now on uh, on Instagram or Facebook at O W P N, which is open, it's green and black. You won't miss it. It's a special design that we have. Um, you'll just re- you'll just request to get in the uh, in the project, and you'll receive a Discord link. Now, what I want to do is actually have communities all around the country, everywhere in every city, and make it not only a musical project, financial project, economic system also a touristic thing. So you have experience change between European kids. That's why I called it, we called it, the first free European Academy for Emotional Development in Electronic Music. Yes, we're going to deal with a lot of people, even addicted kids, and we're doing it really good.
1: Thank you for sharing this project. I think it's super vital and needed in society. Unfortunately, um, these kind of problems are always... Um, marginalized, and said we close society. Close, closes their eyes to this kind of problem. Kids being addicted, nobody talks about this. And if we don't talk about it, and we don't open it up, and we if we don't teach kids how to be emotionally uh, fulfilled, and if we don't teach kids how to get their needs met. This problem will only grow worse and worse every year. And I commend you for doing that. And I'm hoping through this podcast and other ways I, I can support you and also put in contact with other people because this is vital. And this is not what you're doing in the electronic music community. is one, and there are other people, and I hope you're uh, open you're going to open source this idea to other types of communities so people can replicate it because this is highly needed.
0: If this, if we make this thing work, just, just hope, you know, fingers crossed, if you make this work and some kids will actually have a future in music doing this, then yes, I want everyone to take the example. But to take the example is to understand that it had to start from not being a business. Everyone is trying to make a business these days. It's not a business. It's something that the world needs right now. And if we don't do something about it, I, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I think we're gonna self-destruct. Simple as that. This is the great filter. Human to doesn't end
1: it on a very, very positive note. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's move from self-destruction for a second. Okay. This is a question that I ask all my guests. Um, and, and people are waiting for it. For actually, it's a little bit in the tone of like Losing everything, optimistic kind of stuff. If I had a magic wand, or not me because I'm not a not a guy, but let's say I had a magic wand, and I'd say, uh, DJ Shiver, out of all your qualities, all your skills, all your competencies, everything you achieved in your life, non-materialistic things like qualities, traits of character, attitudes, uh, skills, you name it. Mm-hmm. You lose everything except one. What is the one that you pick to keep and evolve
0: from? Love from family.
1: Wow. I'm guessing this is one thing that you wish for every kid in the world.
0: I wish for every person in the world, even if you're 50, to find the love from your family, even if it's 1% of what it should be.
1: That's exactly the reason why you should follow this guy, because uh, he's a guy with a huge heart that wants to do good in the world. And he's coming from a place where he had to face a lot of um, darkness, pain, and he managed to turn that out into something that's positive. And he contributes to society and from that big heart, actually, uh, he's gonna do more, more good and more change than he is willing to believe right now. And I know that. I see <laughs> that. So, even though he's an alien, uh, he, he's a good one. Like he's a good kind of alien. Good color.
0: Yeah, I have. I, I'm not green in the in a reptile, a reptilian language. I'm a different color
1: actually i'm looking at him right now he's like polycolor uh, he's he has tons of colors on him so i wouldn't believe if it says even if it says i am that color i'm not green i'm that color i'm brown like no he's not trust me i'm i'm looking at him right now he's not um he's everything um dj Shiver. thank you for so much for being in this podcast uh it's it's a pleasure to dwell into conversation this was like probably the most free conversation I had with the least structure, but I think it was absolutely great. And uh, in I in the hate best structure.
0: Way, I hate planning and structure. I think this is how it should be. <laughs>
1: um, anyway, it, it was great, and I hope we can um, we can support you an open space, um, an open academy because it's super important to um, to give that emotional education to everybody that needs it and you have a platform and that platform needs to get support so everybody go to facebook and all the social media platforms and hit a follow button and the like button to open academy share it because you don't know if your colleague or your colleague's kid is having issues with addiction and maybe needs a Someone to speak about it because he's never gonna to open to his parents or the uh, people in school and things like that, so or friends or friends yeah, go ahead and and give it a follow, give it a share. Let's give a boost to to this project because it's so much needed. Thank you so much, and we'll be in touch.
0: kiss kiss bye bye
1: You just listened to the interview that I had with. I don't know if you can call it an interview, but a conversation, friendly conversation I had with DJ Shiver. And inner conflict is something that, regardless of your age, where you live, your education, or anything else, you're going to experience it in, in life. And what DJ Shiver is intending to do with uh, Open Academy for Electronic Musicians We need to take that in consideration because it's not only for that community we all need to do our own uh, academy when it comes to inner conflicts because when we talk about inner conflict we need to talk about safe spaces this is the main thing that he realized and and he's doing it right now for a lot of uh, young musicians because if he figured out if he brings together a therapist and experienced musicians and create a safe environment, those kids that have a lot of struggles will open up, will talk about whatever they're going through, and they will be able to ask for help if they need it. Therefore, I'm encouraging you to whatever happens in your family, in your business, with a colleague, one thing you could do to to support this kind of initiative is to create a safe space when you engage in a conversation. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and if you if you like it, if you think it could help anybody, please go ahead and share it in your social media or, or send it through a message to a friend that might struggle with um, substances or inner conflict that they ca- just cannot handle by themselves. Uh, Who knows? Maybe they can find a little bit of hope in this conversation. Go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. It would mean the world to me. And I think uh, by giving a little bit of a push from your end, we could reach a lot of people with this kind of conversations and messages where people need support in a friendly, free and safe way. I think that is the most important part to handle any type of inner conflict. A safe environment to express it without judgment, without um, hostility, without aggressiveness, without violence. Because when we do that and when we feel safe, that's when we bloom as people and achieve our own potential. You have listened to the Anatomy of Conflict podcast. My name is Christian Moldovan, I'm your host, and I'm looking forward to see you on the next
0: episode.